Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. So welcome to another episode of This Caregiver Life. And tonight, today, we're joined uh, by Judy Logan. Judy is a caregiver to her son. And she's going to give us a little bit of information about herself um, to get started. And then we're going to ask her a couple of questions. So Judy, can you share a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a single mother of three. Justin is my, the one that was in the wreck was uh, my youngest one, or he is my youngest one. And I have been single for a while. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what you want me to say about myself, really. uh, Oh, it's so hard, right, to describe yourself. Usually, um, when caregivers are asked to talk about themselves, the first thing that they do is talk about the people that they care for, because that's what we do. We put them first. So, um, you care for your son who was in an accident and you have two other boys and you're a single mom, but, um, what did you do before you took on the caregiving responsibilities for Justin? Well, uh, I worked, I mean, I've always worked and I mean, I, yeah, it was just, uh, actually, Justin is, like I said, he's my youngest one. So Justin and I were just, it was just the two of us because my other boys were already, you know, going to college or they were working. So Justin and I were together for by ourselves really for like nine years uh, before his accident. And, you know, he would do his thing. He was very athletic and uh, I would go to his games or whatever or hang out with my friends. But then, um, that was my life then, and then it changed. So um, that's what I did before his accident. So Judy, it was um, he had a pretty big accident. Um, it was it was pretty devastating for him in terms of the injuries that he sustained. Um, I read a little bit um, of the email that you sent me. Um, it was a rollover. He was uh-huh. 17 years old. He was ejected from the vehicle. And then he was in a coma for two and a half weeks. That's very stressful for anybody. But I think especially when you're the mom seeing that happen to your son, um, can you share with us a little bit of, um, of how you responded to all that back then? Yes. I mean, it was a very, it was a hard time. Uh, we lived in a small town in Texas and Central Texas, and um, he wanted to go bowling with one of his friends, and I let him. And it was during the summer, and you know I was going to bed. I had to go to work the next morning. I commuted from a small town to Austin, Texas, every morning uh, during the week, and so I had gone to bed. And I lived really close to where the police station was, and I heard all these cops go by. The sirens were going off, and I didn't think anything about it because I'm like, well, you know, Justin is already where he was going to go and not to worry. 
Well, a few minutes later, um, the mom of the driver of that truck that Justin was in came banging on my door and she had heard that her son had rolled the vehicle. And um, so I jumped in her car and we went to the site. I was actually, I actually went to where the rec- the site was and um, <clears throat> I know in the ambulance, I did hear, she told me that Justin, before I even got there, she told me that Justin was barely breathing. And um, when I got there to the crash site, there was a whole bunch of people there, of course. Uh, they had locked off the road. Justin was in the ambulance, and they would not let me go in and see him. Um, so that was really hard, and I was really, I mean, I, I think I was just, I don't know, I kind of went into shock or not really shock, but I just, hysterical in some way. I wasn't yelling, or at least I didn't think I was, but someone said that I had was kind of yelling into the phone. Um, and I, um, I called my middle son who was going to college at that time and they were going to transport Justin by Starflight to Austin. And my son, other son lived in San Antonio and so he was going to meet me at the hospital where they were taking Justin. And uh, I'm so glad that he did. And um, then my, I called my brother uh, who lived in the small town that I lived in. And he came and he was able to pick me up. And we went to Austin. And it was just, you know, just seeing Justin in the room at that time, he was kind of shaking. It, it was just a, it was, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It was just hard. I didn't know if he was going to make it or not. It was very scary. And um, the doctor had told us the next morning he had exonal, um, was it exonal? I, I can't remember the term they used, exonal brain injury or something like that. And I really didn't even know. I mean, I really expected him to just wake up and just say, hey, you know, what's going on? But that didn't happen. And we were there for two and a half weeks. One time the doctor, or it was actually the nurse practitioner. She told me that Justin would be a vegetable and he would never wake up and, but not to ever lose hope. I just remembered those words. And I felt like that just was someone hit me in the stomach whenever she said those words. And then, but then I looked at her and I'm like, I don't believe you because we had seen him and we, we were in his room in the ICU and we could see that he was making some progress. But anyway, that's, I heard that's what they tell people just so they won't get their hopes up. Anoxic brain injuries are so tough because the, the victim of the traumatic brain injury has, has lost oxygen and, and you don't know what, what the damage is oftentimes for a long time. And just like you were saying, you could see signs of your son and you, you know, you have that hope. And I think it's important in that setting that as many people give you hope as possible. Yes, for sure. And, um, you know, at that time we had a lot of people come, a lot of his school friends. I mean, because, you know, he was about to be a senior. He played football. He was very athletic and, um, so a lot of his friends would come to visit him and I never wanted to turn anyone away. And sometimes it got a little overwhelming 
for me because I felt like I needed to entertain people. And I don't know why in the waiting room. I don't know why I ever felt that way. But it was just a lot of pressure, it seemed. And I, But I didn't want to tell anyone that. You know, I, I have read some people in other cases. I kind of follow people who have head injuries sometimes. And they just said, please respect our, our privacy. But I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to not let anyone come see him that wanted to visit him. So I just, you know, I hung back during the week because I could go in there. And then on the weekends, people would come in and visit him. And um, that it was a little overwhelming. But then when people were gone, then it felt so lonely. It was just, you know, and it was just me there. And my two sons, my older sons, they were wonderful. They would come in and they would help me out. And, um, you know, we both, they were there for me to lean on. And I was, that's who I wanted there, you know, for their support. And it helped me a lot just having them with me in the room. So um, that was a good experience then. And and then Justin got, after two and a half weeks, I mean, he started to emerge from the coma, but it was, I looked at him and I kind of just thought my son is going to be, um, mentally challenged now I mean he didn't his eyes didn't look right you know he was kind of drooling a lot it was just so different from what I had thought he would wake up and you know like I said thought he would just like hey I'm here I really didn't even understand the impact that it had made at that time or denial maybe I was in denial or just not believing it it's really hard to process and my, my my other sons were looking everything up about the injury and, you know, reading everything about it, but I didn't really want to read it. And then they transferred him to a, um, a rehabil- rehabilitation center in Austin. And um, I was lucky enough that one of my friends let me stay with her so I didn't have to commute back to the small town that I lived in. And she only lived three miles from the rehab. So I would go there and I remember just the OT, and I, I couldn't even see it, but the OT told me, you know, I'm very excited about his progress. And I looked at him, I'm like, really? Because he's drooling, and I just don't see it. He goes, yeah, I could really tell he's going to, um, he's going to uh, progress a lot. And I had no idea. I, I didn't think he was going to really progress after that, but he did. And he started walking and I and he had to relearn how to walk and talk and eat um and do facial expressions and uh I mean he had a really good therapist all of them he had to go to a speech therapist and um physical therapy and occupational and he was busy all day and uh I remember that he would one day I was leaving and he didn't really want me to leave and I had to go to work and he was at the door of his room, and he waved at me. And uh, anyway, am I telling y'all more than you want to know right now? Or? No. No, no. I think a um, um, couple of things that really stick out to me and will stick out to the caregivers who are listening is the um, – I know a lot of people say we want our privacy, but so many others allow community, friends, family in that process. And you spend a lot of time making sure everybody else is okay. 
and not making sure you're okay. And then when you're alone, it hits you really hard. And like you were sort of saying, you could feel it physically. It physically impacts you. Like the trauma that you experience from his accident, the shock, all of that has a physical impact on you. And I'm just wondering how many years ago was this? It will be 12 years in July. And, um, and how is Justin doing now? Well, Justin, he is able to get out. And he, he, he went to welding school. He's able to drive and he gets around. In right. fact, I was so surprised after six months after his accident, he was maybe it was maybe a little bit longer, but six months out of he got out of when he got out of the rehab, he had to go take a driver's he wanted to go get his license back and you know, his doctor said, Well, okay, go ahead. His neurologist nor I thought he would really pass, but he did. He passed the driving test and then they he had to go take the test all over again. The driver they felt like he should do that, so he started driving. But anyway, fast forward to today, he um Justin had a son before the accident. He started young, but anyway, um, and he's a really good dad, but he can't seem to hold a job. And he um, went to welding school, but hasn't found a job doing that yet. He did graduate. He didn't get certification for all 10, but he did on some of them, so maybe it will help him someday to get a job I hope yeah. but um, I want him to be independent and it's really kind of hard for me and him for for us to because I've always been there to help him out as a child we never got the he was a, an adult who was able to take care of his own finances or his or bills or whatever he never got to that phase and I have always taken care of it and I don't it's hard for me. Sometimes I just feel like, oh, it's just easier if I do it or it's easier if I do this for him and not let him do it on his own. So I am trying to work on that. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really hard. That's a tough one for to turn over because you do worry that they're not paying their bills correctly. Um, you know, that he's going to get in trouble and he's not going to understand. He's not going to understand the finances and, um, and run out of money. So I could, I could definitely see your struggle there. And I, I don't think it's terribly uncommon with TBIs or, or brain injuries as a result of for mm-hmm. whatever reason, infection or an accident or like Jennifer's brother was injured in a blast in Iraq. I think those, those are some of that functioning in the brain that can be really difficult to organize. And we're just going to hang on just for a second here. We're going to take a break and hear from our sponsor and we'll be back in just 30 seconds. Today's episode of This Caregiver Life is brought to you by TBI Warrior Foundation, a nonprofit organization with a mission to improve the quality of life for veterans, civilians, and children living with brain injury, as well as their caregivers, through community integration, education, and advancement programs. March is National Brain Injury Awareness Month. Every year, 2.5 million people in the United States sustain traumatic brain injuries. TBI Warrior Foundation is grateful for this opportunity to bring you education from experts in the field of TBI, as well as inspirational stories and helpful life strategies from TBI caregivers themselves. TBI Warrior Foundation, paving the path to success and independence. 
Learn more at www.tbiwarriorfoundation.org. Okay, and we're back. It's always hard to take a break when we're on a roll with a great conversation. Um, and so apropos because our sponsor is a TBI Warrior Foundation, which is how we met Judy and, and Judy has come on our program um, because the TBI Warrior Foundation has asked her if she would share her story with others. And this is such a great platform for it. We have over 1600 listeners now. And I think a lot of people who are listening can really relate to the things that you're sharing today, Judy. It's such a compelling story. Um, so I wanted to ask you how it was for you regarding work, because we know that unpaid family care is expensive and it's, you know, we don't like to use the word burden, but then again, it is a burden. It's tough when we're losing money. Were you able to uh, work during the time that Justin was in rehab? I was, and I, at that time, I don't work at the same place now, but I had the most amazing employer and um, a wonderful office manager who made sure that we were all taken care of. I mean, they they were just wonderful to me. I'd never, and that's one thing, whenever Justin's accident happened, happened, I didn't even think about money. I didn't think about, oh no, I'm missing work, or I never even thought about it. I'm like, I don't care. This is important. I'll get, in my mind, I was just going to make it no matter what. But it's the small town that we're from, people were just so amazing that they would donate money for Justin, for us, and um, I just couldn't believe it. And they even held a, um, a benefit for him. And I'm very thankful for everyone in our small little town that helped with his expenses at that time. It was just a godsend. And, um, but my employer, back to them, they were just amazing. They, they didn't say anything. Somebody donated time to me if I, because I ran out. And, and so it was all good. I never, I never missed any money. And when he was in rehab, because I was in Austin already and I was staying with a, a good friend of mine, I was able to go and be there in the mornings with him. And then I would go after work and I would spend all day with him after work. And then I would go to their house and I would do the same thing all over. And then I would do that on weekends as well. It's, and um, it's um, a mother's dedication. That's a mother's love, but not, but not every parent, not every family member, every loved one does it. And we know it's, it's brain injury awareness month. We know that sometimes that burden for families sometimes is, is one that they can't overcome either. Maybe they don't have the overwhelming support of their community that you did. And that's um, amazing. Um, but that there are a lot of folks who have to make that choice between going back to work, caring for their, their family at home and being at the hospital. And it sounds like you being there made all the difference in the world to Justin's progress. Yes, and I want to say to my older sons too, were, I mean, I already said that they were there with me the whole time, that one of them lived in San Antonio. He went to college, and when he had free time, he would come to Austin and he would help with his PT. And then my other son too, the oldest one, was working in San Diego at that time. And every, oh, maybe, anyway, he was in San Diego or New Orleans. I can't remember which place he was but he would come in 
when he could and he would work. I mean, he would, um, you know, they would just help him with other, you know, you know, like, uh, if he wasn't doing physical therapy, they would help him with that or, uh, occupational therapy. They spent a lot of time with him and I am so thankful that I had that support because it, you need that support. So uh, whenever you're going through something like that, and I'm very fortunate I had my whole family, you know, of course, and my boys all there to do stuff and just them going and spending extra time to get him at that place. Cause we didn't really, at first we didn't really know where Justin was. We didn't know if he could still read or anything. So or my son and he couldn't talk to us. So my son made like flashcards and he would ask, Justin to point if he understood to which one he was doing. And so that's how we knew that he was, there was something in there still. That's how we knew that. It was, uh, it was interesting. And it was interesting how the brain heals the way it does. And um, how long was Justin in rehab for? He was in rehab for, let's see, he went in there like the end of July, about three months. Wow, that's pretty remarkable progress in three months. Amazing. Yes, but he also went to that, that what did you call that ill watch of the, um, I remember the anger part of that. Oh. It was, uh, and he, one of the nurses, he gave them a black eye. It was a bad time. And then they gave him this medication that kind of just made him, um, I don't know, just, out of it. He was just so out of it. And I didn't really like that medication. And we told the doctor that we didn't want them to ever give that to him again. It can be difficult for the medical staff because they're trying to, you know, it's, it's behavioral um, concerns can impact rehab, the physical Mm -hmm. therapy and the, and the occupational therapy. And so um, medical professionals have to weigh that, like we have to control behavior or we can't, get the buy-in from the body and the brain and and it's all so closely tied and what a f- blessing it is that he had you as an advocate to say to the doctors like this isn't him we got to find another way right I'm, I'm curious judy how did you get connected to tbi warrior foundation well justin was going to welding school and um i had i was talking about how much it cost and um to one of the attorneys that i work with and she suggested she goes well there's got to be something for someone you know with with a disability like that and so i contacted um the brain association that in in san antonio and she connected me to the tbi warriors and i just filled out uh, an application they had been so wonderful um Victor and Roxana, I mean, they are just wonderful people, so nice and so giving, and um, I appreciate it. I appreciate everything that they do, and I'm glad that I found them. And they were, I think that it, they didn't, they found it, Victor founded us, or they found us not that long ago, was it a couple of years or so? I mean, they're pretty new, fairly new. But it's a good organization, and they really want to help people. So that's how I met them is through the, um, I think it's San Antonio Brain Association. 
Have you ever been to one of their caregiver seminars that they give or workshops? They give workshops, caregiver workshops. I have, I have been to something that they have done for um, time management for Justin. We did go to that, um, but we haven't been to any more. Some of the things that they have are during work hours for me mm -hmm. that I could I can't go to like it's a caregiver, but the it's during the week, during work for me, so I, I cannot go. Okay, well, I think they give so many good ones too. I'm I'm glad you were able to attend the one on time management because that can be such a challenge with um, uh, people who have traumatic brain injuries. One of the things that you mentioned was that um, you didn't you didn't know what Justin didn't know any longer, and that's so important with traumatic brain injuries. And it's the things that you can't see, like as they start to heal on the outside, but you can't you can't see that they can't tell time or that they can't read anymore. And um, I think those are the things that for family, you know, we we see it, we know it, we work on it, and then for the people around us, the community, as you get a little further and further away, that's the part about brain injury that they don't understand, the relearning and the, the time investment that not only um, the brain injury victim has to put in, but that the family has to put in if they can, you know, to, to make it as successful as, of a recovery as possible. Right. Yeah. Well, I, feel, we, I feel like what we've heard today is that, um, your the healthcare professionals along the way offered you hope and um and you kept up the hope even though you had some tough times what would be one of the um takeaways that you could share with the caregiver listening today but what kind of what what could you share with them that was really important for you on your journey i had to learn how to talk to justin in a different way which was important to me only because I'm not used, I was never used, Justin's pretty laid back or he was always pretty laid back and he never ever yelled at me. Mm -hmm. But this new Justin with this different personality, he's the same and then he's not the same. Yeah, and I experienced he, that with my brother. Like he was, he was wounded really young. He was just turned 21 and so, and Justin was really young. And it takes a long time to, learn to to love i mean not that you don't love them but to learn who they are and to to adjust that relationship yes and it's hard for him too because he doesn't like it he still has blow up every now and then they're not as much as they used to be but i used i had to learn how to talk to him or just keep my mouth shut when i because they were they're kind of scary in some ways you know the way that he's not physical and he always apologizes but a lot of people don't understand that or they'll give me advice or but you can't if you don't live with that someone who's got a head injury and I know he hates it because he I mean his whole life changed yeah. at a young age and I just feel for him I feel sad that he has to go through that and he still does he may have still it doesn't, it hasn't gone away. Some people don't want to be around other people, but Justin does. He likes being around people. And luckily he's got some friends here that are older than him, but they are more understanding than some of the friends at his age. Um, yeah. I think um, the most, the, 
the most important thing for everybody to remember when we're talking about brain injuries and is that every brain injury is completely different, just like every person is completely different. And so um, learning to love the new person, understanding what they're going through, those emotional outbursts, those are so common and yet people don't understand them. um, It takes a long time to learn how to interact with your uh, with your care recipient and and to sort of find that happy meeting medium between pushing and knowing when to back off and um, and I also think that when the the person who suffers the brain injury is younger it, it's more of a challenge because you know they had dreams and goals and ideas about where their life was going to go and after they sustain the brain injury a lot of times all of that goes in a completely different direction and um, how blessed is Justin to have somebody like you to support him and to replenish his hope in such a way that, you know, he is driving and he did go to welding school and um, we celebrate his accomplishments and that he survived that car accident is the truck rollover Mm -hmm. is a miracle. Yes, for sure. He is definitely a miracle. And, you know, he is very sweet and he will tell me a lot of times he'll say, he'll just say, Mother, I really appreciate everything that you do for me. So I know he is appreciative of me, and he tells me that quite often. So um, that kind of just takes away if something like, you know, it just does make me happy when he does acknowledge that I do a lot for him. He knows that. He also gets depressed because I do a lot for him too, you know, like he wants to do things on his own. And I have been able to, you know, to leave him, I do leave him alone for a week or whatever, and he'll stay here with the son. I went to see my other son, and I left him, and he was able to cook and keep the house clean. And I, I so I know he can do a lot of it if he wants to, and that is, it does help me to know that because I do worry about what happens to him when I'm gone. Who's going to take care of him? And that is a scary thing to think about because you don't know. So hopefully he will do well. Well, we hear that whether it's a caregiver of a a veteran uh, like myself or a civilian caregiver like you, um, you know, everybody says that, like, I worry about what will happen if I can't take care of them. And um, it's definitely... Justin is so blessed to have you, and we are so blessed that you came on the show because this caregiver life um, is really all about sharing our stories and our coping strategies. And you know, you have come so far, and now you're sharing your story, and you've been able to, uh, Justin, and you have been able to be supported by TBI Warrior Foundation and your community, which is outstanding. So, people listening who are not caregivers, um, but you support caregivers, thank you, and. We want to remind you to look for ways in your community to support those who are caring for others. Now, Mayor, mm-hmm. we're getting ready to wrap up. Okay. I'm wondering if there is another caregiver like Judy out there who wants to find us on social media. How do they do it? Well, they could email us at thiscaregiverlife at gmail.com, or you could send us an audio recording, and then we Ooh. could play your little piece on another podcast, not necessarily about TBIs, but just your caregiver journey in general. We would love that. And um, find us, Jen. 
Well, if they like, they can connect with us on Facebook. We're um, at This Caregiver Life, and we don't just post about our podcast. We post about the, the caregiving um, in general, across-the-board news, events. Um, we're not going to be posting events right now. We're recording this in March 2020, so everything's kind of on hold while we um, wait out this coronavirus, but um, we do share respite opportunities and even um, helpful strategies and coping tactics that caregivers can implement in their everyday life. Like, you know, Judy has mentioned taking a break and getting away from your care recipient. That's not always possible for everybody, but if there is a way that you can do it, we highly encourage that because recharging your batteries is so important. We are also on Twitter at this caregiver. You can tweet us or if you like, Hit us up with Instagram. You can hashtag your photos with hashtag this caregiver life or um, send us a message. We're at this caregiver life. Mm -hmm. Or send us photos. You can send us photos to this caregiver life at gmail.com and we're, we're happy to share them on our Instagram feed. Um, so I wanted to really thank you, Judy, for coming on today. It was really, it was really an honor to have you with us. You have a compelling story and Really, you're my hero. What a mom. You're so brave. Yeah, you are. Thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. Right. I know that somebody listening is going to feel inspired by you, Judy, and there may be somebody listening who's just started their caregiver journey, and um, you've come so far, I know that you'll be motivation for them to keep, keep doing it. Well, I hope so. I hope so. We also put a uh, video on, we, we recorded Justin and his first three months and on YouTube and we did it because at that time there wasn't a whole lot. I know there's a lot more stories out there now, but I hope, I think it's helped some people give them some hope because there's always hope and you can't always believe you kind of know what you're the person that you're that you care about you know what they are you, you may feel a little different than what a doctor does you know I mean yeah we'll grab that video and share it on our social media channels thank you for that Judy well Mayor this has been amazing yeah another, another episode in the books I know so so great and well I'll let you know when we have it published okay Judy okay great thank you so much yep right. thank you all right till the next time till next time. Till next time. <laughs>